the Oakdale Christian Centre podcast. In this episode, we continue to look at people of faith from Hebrews chapter 11. In this recording, we look at Joseph and the instructions about his bones. The main reading is Psalm 73. Tonight, we, um, uh, if you came in happy, we might just change a bit of that now. Um, <laughs> but it is, uh, it's, it's amazing the reality that something is so real and so evident and so, uh, that will affect us all. Now, there's, there's, there's not much we can say that affects us all, is it? Um, you know, particular illnesses affect you, doesn't affect me. Um, but Benjamin Franklin said it true. Two things that are common to all man, taxes, well... Um, perhaps you don't get taxed anymore. If you earn enough, you will. Um, and death. Death. And uh, it is that really, we, we began to speak about it last week um, because uh, the, the verses last week were Hebrews 11, um, uh, 20 and 21, wasn't it? By faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau in regard to the future. By faith, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's son and worshipped. Blessed the Lord. It was his, uh, one of his last... Uh, uh, Actions was worship. It's a beautiful picture, isn't it? Um, uh, going from worship here straight into worship in heaven. Um, but this is our verse tonight. This is a really interesting one. By faith, Joseph, when his end was near, when he was dying, spoke about the exodus of, of the Israelites from Egypt and gave instructions about his bones. Yeah. Now, that's an amazing thing. And we're going to look at that and, and realize that... Um, uh, our faith affects everything. Our faith, of course, affects our beginnings, our behaviour, and, lovely word, another B for you, our bequests, what we're going to leave behind. If I were to, you know, if you were to mention a name uh, that is not you anymore, or, or someone who's died in the past, what was the first thing you think about them? Isn't that interesting? Um, of course, generations come to us, come and I would say, tell me about your great-grandfather, Dave, and I can say not a lot about him because I never met him, didn't meet my grandfathers. One thing I do know about my great-grandfather, he built a chapel. So, so, I, so there's something that I can say, well, wait a minute now, there's something that is just lasting that tells me of something of his life, his faith. And this is an interesting story about uh, Joseph. Remember, Joseph lived most of his life in Egypt. Didn't he? He went there, 18, 19, say, not, certainly not older than that. Um, and he was 110 when he died. So the majority of his life, 90% nearly, he was living in Egypt. But his heart wasn't in Egypt, was it? Oh, his heart was living by faith on the promises of God. And um, so the first thing we must know is that uh, we, this is not our home. We've been talking about that over the last few weeks. Um, and of course, once we begin to understand that this is a, a common thing for us all, it changes our perspective, our priorities, obviously, our preparation. Um, we'll look at that a bit later, but of course that, that fool, isn't it? You fool. That's a, God very rarely calls people fools. But he said, you fool, you've not prepared for eternity. And uh, we have a, a generation, we have a, 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 a nation that uh, is not prepared for eternity. And, uh, but we, we as people of God are. 
Um, let's read again just, just to get our bearings. Uh, Psalm 39, 4-7. Lord, make me to know mine end and the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, thou hast made my days as an handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. Surely every man walketh a vain show. Surely they are disquieted in vain. He heapeth up riches, and knoweth not who shall gather them. And now, Lord, what wait I for? My hope is in thee. I love the Psalms because it is clear and plain. Lord, just you for a moment, help me to understand the, there's a word, another version is transient, a lovely word. We are passing through all that we have, we're going to leave behind. Lord, let me make you my hope. Make me you my hope and, and uh, my future. My uh, And of course, the Bible is very clear about the brevity of life, isn't it? It uses lots of different pictures, lots of different analogies, grass, flowers, um, we'll read one in a minute, like a mist, like a puff of smoke. And uh, we all know, um, uh, I suppose most of us are uh, past halfway, and some of us are in, on the back straight. So we know how quickly it's gone, isn't it? How quickly that's gone, how, how brief it is, how brief it's gone. Um, and, and the certainty, the surety of, of, of uh, the brevity of certainty of death, of course. Um, James 4. Go to now, ye that say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and yet again. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapour that appeareth for a little time, then vanisheth away. For that ye ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall live and do this or do that. But now ye rejoice in your boastings, all such rejoicing is evil. Therefore, to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Doing the will of God, that is what counts, isn't it? What does he say, 1 John 2? The world, flesh, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life, do the world, that will pass away, but he who does the will of the Lord will live forever. And like a mist, like a vapour, and that is so true. And, um, and, and when we see that uh, people pass on into eternity and morsels will pass uh, and uh, uh, in a few years, few generations, we'll just be a name somewhere, won't we? Um, uh, and uh, that, that's how it is. That's how it is. But what we do with that, um, someone said there are two dates, the date of birth and the date of death on your tombstone. And there's a tiny dash between. The holy life on earth is going to come down to what's on that tiny little dash. And uh, one man said, what will your dash be? What will your dash be? Very, very challenging. What will our dash be? What will we um, leave? Uh, when people remember us, what will they remember about us? Uh, that's a real, real challenging question. We're, person who loved the Lord, person who served the Lord, or person with hard work. Well, I don't mind the bit with the hard work, but certainly a person who loved the Lord, who left um, uh, something behind. And here's Joseph. Joseph is is uh, getting old, and um, and he wants to he wants to remind the people of Israel. And and remember, he's living by faith already, isn't he? Joseph is a lovely type of Jesus. 
And if you go through his go through the Bible and through his life, you can take a lot of shadows of who, who Jesus will be in coming. And remember, he was living by faith before this. I was just I'm actually back in Genesis, and I was reading um, when he be, he revealed himself to the brothers. And uh, I, again, I chuckled. I always chuckled at God's word, where God's word come, always comes through, didn't he? Remember, at 17, he's a young man. He's full of. You're going to bow down to me, he said, <laughs> which didn't didn't endear him to his brothers, of course, did he? <laughs> but here they were bowing down. 20 odd years later, 22 years later, bowing down to him. And uh, but you know what? In, now at that moment, their lives were in his hands, weren't they? He was second in charge. And in fact, at the beginning, the Bible says he treated them roughly. He spoke to them roughly. He stuck them in prison for a few days, didn't he? He said, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know what was going on in his mind. He said, well, I'll get them back now. I don't think so. But uh, he put them in jail for a few days. And, and, and the, but then he, he says, when he revealed himself, he said, don't, don't, don't get distressed now, he said. This is God's, this is God's work. He sent me ahead to protect the promise to preserve the people that was in Genesis 45 and of course when his father died um, 17 years later wasn't it uh, they were still worried that Joseph now uh, Jacob said he's going to get their revenge and he said don't don't what are you worried I, I'm not in the place of God he said Genesis 50 he said this is God's work uh, now that's a, you see that's faith affecting our behavior and what we do in our attitude and our character now me and you certainly me I wanted my own back Remember what they did to him? They wanted to kill him, of course. Then they sold him into slavery. It's a terrible thing to do to your brother, isn't it? Now, we've all had brothers and we've had disagreements and we've had fights and things, but you generally make up after a while, don't you? But to do that, um, but see, God was working on him. He was living by faith already. Now, he's dying and here's his request. Genesis 50, uh, 22, 26. Uh, Joseph stayed in Egypt along with all his father's family. He lived 110 years and saw the third generation of Ephraim's children. Also the children of Marcus and of Manasseh were, were placed at birth on Joseph's knees. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am about to die, but God will surely come to your aid and take you out of this land to the land he promised on hope to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And Joseph made the Israelites swear on a hope and said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up from this place. So Joseph died at the age of 110 and after they embalmed him in he was placed in a coffin in Egypt. You see, now, again, he was building his life and his legacy on the prophetic and the promise of God. Now, the promise there was given 250 years before, wasn't it? I'll give you this land. This land will be yours, your possession. Um, now, Jacob, they took back and buried, didn't they? Um, and I just I was wondering, why didn't Joseph say, now, when I die, you take me back there? Take me back there and bury me. But I wonder, um, he wanted to make sure that the people of Israel trusted God and trusted the promise of God. So much so he said, look, you, I'm going to stay here until we all go. Until first in, he said, first in, last out. 
<laughs> I, I'm going to be uh, first into into Egypt, wasn't he? Joseph he said, "I'm I'm, I'm going to make sure you know I, I trust God's promises so much. You don't need to take me back when I die. You take me back when you all go." And that's a great, that's a that's a wonderful faith. And it, it, again, it's a testimony to the people of Israel that would come after him. It's a debate how long, but certainly generations after him that have forgotten who Joseph is. Um, certainly the kings of Egypt had forgotten because Exodus 1 says there rose another king who didn't know who Joseph was, didn't know who he was. And he looked around and said, look at these Israelites. They're multiplying, they're overrunning us. He said, let's start putting into slavery. So if they, they've forgotten, uh, certainly the Israelites would have known the story, would have known about Joseph. But isn't it amazing how we, how we easily forget? Like we talked right at the beginning, great-grandfather, great-great-grandfather. Mm, I know a little bit about him. Uh, you know, a little bit of the story, but distant, but he was going to stay. And he was a constant reminder of the promise of God would be fulfilled. And uh, thankfully, when the time came, Exodus 13, uh, 17 to 22. And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go, that God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that, although that was, although that was near. For God said, let perhaps the people change their minds and they see war and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by way of the wilderness of the Red Sea. And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt. And Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for he had placed the children of Israel under solemn oath, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from here with you. So they took their journey from Succoth and camped in Ethan at the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them to lead the way, and by night a pillar of fire to give them light, so as to go by day and night. He did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the pillar of fire by night from the before the people. On the gravestone I've written there. On, on, on his gravestone, Joseph was, take my bones with you. Take my bones with you. Great reminder, great encouragement, a constant reminder. It's interesting that the uh, Hebrew says, and he said there, uh, my bones. Why, why bones? Because he knew his flesh would be decayed. Um, debate how long, but it was certainly well, well over 100 years. Um, because they talk, debate about the 400 years that they were in Egypt. Well, it could have been started when Isaac was born. And, and, but we know he's, 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 a, he's many generations on the road. He's just bones. But he's saying, don't you forget God's promises with you, uh, to you. Um, and Moses, the Bible says, when they went up, fulfilled the oath. Fulfilled the promise that they made. And they took him with him. Now, there's a concept. Remember, they, they, they're going out of Egypt. Maybe at the front, maybe in the middle, maybe who knows where. But the coffin of Joseph was there. That's a great encouragement, isn't it? Joseph promised, uh, uh, said, trust God's promises. I'm going to trust God's promises. And when they saw the coffin, again, that fills us with faith, doesn't it? Uh, that one man uh, can trust God's word. And we can be like that. We can trust God's word and uh, inspire other people's faith in that. Um, not just that, everywhere they went, who was going with them? Remember, they didn't go straight to the promised land, did they? Forty years in the wilderness. Who was there at all times? Joseph. 
Joseph, a constant reminder of the promise of God, constant reminder of the fulfillment of the word of God. Everywhere they went, 40 years. Now, again, there's a little bit debate whether when he was buried. Let's read the, the account and we'll, we'll have a look at it. Joshua 24. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnasera, which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gaash. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua, and which had known all the works of the Lord that he had done for Israel. <clears throat> and the bones of Joseph, <clears throat> which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Shechem, in a parcel of ground which, Joseph, which Jacob brought, bought of the sons of Hamor, the, the father of Shechem, for an hundred pieces of silver, and it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. And Eliezer, the son of Aaron, died, and they buried him in a hill that pertained to Phineas his son, which was given him in the Mount Ephraim. So the uh, last chapter of Joshua, we have three funerals. Joshua, the leader, of course, Eliezer, the priest, and Joseph. Now, was Joseph buried then? Who knows? Well, we know it was certainly well into the time that because they had to uh, possess the land before he could be buried because they tell us where he's buried. So even as they go into the land, Joseph is with them. The bones of Joseph is with them, again, as a reminder of the faithfulness of God. When God promises something, even though it was 400 years before, He'll fulfill his promise. And in his dying days, he said, you make sure the promises of God will be fulfilled. Why do I know you're going to take me with you? I don't go and bury me yet. Let me stay and I'll come with you. And uh, so whether he got buried then at that time, it's not really irrelevant. What we know is he, every step of the way, he was with them. Ah, again, as a reminder. That's good to have reminders, you see, of the promise of God. He reminded himself of Abraham's promise. And we need to remind ourselves of the promises of God, how God is faithful to his word. Uh, and uh, in this moment where we begin to, 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 to again, make plans, make, I was um, <laughs> talking uh, to someone yesterday about money, and uh, he said, oh, have you done your will yet? I said, nah, too young. And he, he said, you need to do it. So he sent me stuff. I had a, making plans, isn't it? Making plans. Now that's not relevant in one sense, but to, to leave a legacy of, of faith, of, of, of God's promises. Um, let's read uh, again an old man writing Moses, Psalm 90, 10 to 12. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures, yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and, and we fly away. If, if only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is, is as great as the fear that is, uh, that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. See, that now comes to character and attitude towards this particular. You see, Joseph's attitude was... Trust in God. Put your hope in God. Put your faith in God's promises. 
that, that he knows what he's doing. He'll be faithful to his word. Moses Lord said, Lord, uh, uh, let me understand uh, the brevity of life. Teach me to number my days aright. See, wisdom, of course, as we know so often, we've talked about it before, is the application of God's word, making the right choices. His attitude was teachable. Teach me, Lord. Teach me. And that's, there's, where's a problem? Because uh, certainly... Uh, the older we get, the less we want, the less we want change, and um, and sometimes less teachable we are. We become more independent, don't we? Um, and and that we keep that teachable, pliable attitude. His aspiration, of course, was to number his days aright. Thankfully, Father gave him those um, uh, those answer answers that came to number the wisdom of God to, to apply God's word, apply those those um, uh, to ourselves that which is important that which is going to last um, 2 Corinthians 5 1 to 10 a bit longer but it's a context oh, it then a new body I wonder what a new body can be for <laughs> <laughs> we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed we have a building from God an eternal house in heaven not built by human hands Meanwhile, we groan longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwellings, because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who has fashioned us for this very purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit, guaranteeing uh, what is to come. Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord, for we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home or in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment, the judgment seat of our Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due for us. Uh, the things done while in the body, whether good or bad, See, there's a confidence now, isn't there? There's a confidence, there's a certainty um, that obviously we will die, but there's a confidence in him uh, because he's gone ahead. He's our last person. He's already ahead of us. So we have confidence if we're away from the body, we're at home with the Lord. Um, that's and of course, Philippians 1, he, he, we looked at last week, the week before, he said, I, I'm torn between the two. He said, I want to be here to bless you, but I want to be home, he said, with my Savior. He said, I don't know what, what I want, he said. You can see that he's torn up. That's why our confidence is in the Lord. We fear no evil. Psalm 23, we know the psalm. Precious is in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Psalm 116. Proverbs 14. Though the righteous has hope, as refuge in death. Bless the Lord. Um, and to, for me to live is Christ. To die is gain. Bless the Lord. So there's confidence, confidence, confidence. And, and that's why we, we walk by faith, not by sight. John 14. We know this from many 
funerals we've been to, John 14, 1 to 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going, and how can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So the certainty, certainty, confidence, certainty, surety, bless the Lord, he's already ahead of us. He's already preparing a place. And that's why it behoves us to be prepared. If he's preparing, we are to be prepared. And of course, he gives us the direction, he gives us the, 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 the hope, the, the knowledge. And then he tells us, now be careful how you invest. Invest wisely. Invest spiritually. Here we come to our kingdom manifesto. So vital. Uh, Matthew 6, 19-24. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where moth and rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Store up treasure in heaven. Send it ahead. Invest eternally. While you say, well, oh dear, how do we do that? Well, of course, Jesus said, do, the, do my works. What's your works, Lord? Believe in me. Trust in me. Rely upon me. Live for me. 1, 1 Timothy 6 says this, uh, 18, 19. Command them to do good, to do good deeds, rich in good deeds, to be generous. He's talking about those who have stuff there. And to be willing to share. Verse 19. In this way, you will lay up treasure for themselves as a firm foundation for the coming age so that they may take hold of the life that is truly life. What he's saying is you hold lightly to this world and uh, you, you, you see a need, you meet it. Because that was Jesus' heart, wasn't it? He saw something and he, he, he did, he, 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 we said before, he, he was the impartation, compassion. He, he moved, moved in his heart to do something. And uh, that's our investment in eternity. Do good, good deeds, generosity, sharing. Bless the Lord. Investing in the kingdom. Investing in the kingdom. He said, there your treasure is. Um, I've said before where people say, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I remember some people saying, well, I'm not really you know, committed to the church or I'm not really, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I don't know where I'm caught. Well, I said, look, 
you put him, where's your money going? Are you investing in, in the kingdom? Are you investing? See, when you invest in something, you have a vested interest in something, don't you? You start putting money into the church, then you're concerned with the church. You're concerned with what the church is doing. You want to see the kingdom established and built. and, and So so where we invest in is where, so when we invest in the kingdom, when we give to these these places and, and these organizations, why? Because we want to see the kingdom extended. We want to see people met. And we have, we have so many, we know that. And so we give, we give, we give. Why? Because then we, we are giving away. We, we're stewards, aren't we? It's nothing we own. Don't own a thing. It's all from God. So when we understand that, it changes our character. There's, a, there's an urgency. There's an investment. And what about this for urgency? Of course, some of these are tied up again with either death or the second coming. Either way, there's an urgency. There's, there's a change. The Bible says in 1 John, he who has this hope purifies himself even as he's pure. He's talking about the second coming. Either way, death, second coming, there's a certainty in, in both. Uh, Romans 13 11 to 14. And to this, understanding the present time, the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of God, of Baptism. Let us behave decently, as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Very clear, isn't it? See, there's an urgency, there's a seriousness, there's a circumspectness about our lives, there's a purity, there's a holiness. Why? Because we know that we are here for a finite time. You know, people think they're going to be here forever, so they live like that. They live abandonedly. And of course, what did Timothy say? They, uh, Peter say they will mock you that you don't you don't go with them into their dissipation. Don't they fly? He said, no. He said, no. Urgency about your seriousness. He said to Hezekiah, put your house in order. Set, settle the accounts. Make sure your accounts are settled. Amos, he says, prepare the prophet, prepare to meet God. Um, we just read 2 Corinthians 5. Um, and it said, you know, he, he, because, you know, we want to be at home with the Lord. We, everything we do, we, we do to please him because he's his father. But also he says there's a, there's a pleasing, but there's also a, a reckoning. That particular day is, is a reckoning of what we've done for the Lord, not of salvation, but a reckoning of what have you done for me? And uh, that's so clear that when we understand that uh, that, that death day is, is imminent for us all, whether it's 10 years, 50 years, it doesn't matter. We know it's coming. There's an urgency about us. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a faith filled uh, that we want to to be for him and live for him and show others him. 2, Corinthians, 2 Timothy, we looked at this uh, not long ago. 2 Timothy 4, 6 to 8, beautiful verses. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time of my departure is at hand. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. 
and not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Be diligent to come to me quickly. Yeah, testimony of a surrendered life. Fought the fight, finished the race, kept the faith. Now I know there's a reward awaiting for me. Hallelujah. See, there's the confidence in God's word, in, in who God is. And uh, it's coming, it's coming, and we, we want to leave. Uh, just thinking about what we're leaving behind. Uh, uh, some of us got children, I suppose, and they've grown up now, but some, some of us, kids around. But even now, our lifestyle is a, is a legacy that they will see, isn't it? Um, even when they're in the house, we still say, when they're growing up, still say grace. Why? Because we're thankful to the Lord. Don't care who's there. We're saying grace. <laughs> we, you know, we, uh, when the kids were young, we used to, I used to read and pray with them in the evenings. Old enough to do it themselves, now, wasn't it? <laughs> but you see, it's just setting a pattern, a principle. Remember Moses set patterns and principles so uh, Joshua knew what to do, knew how to follow. And the problem is, we talked before about Joshua was so busy battling, he never raised up the next generation with the word of the Lord. So the next generation didn't know the ways of the Lord, the Bible says. And off they, they so there's a, there's a legacy of lifestyle, of course, and uh, the whole essence of our, our, our home life. Uh, David said this, I, I walk within my house in integrity of heart. Will there be rows in the house? Never. <laughs> No, of course it will be. It's how you handle them, how you show how you handle them, isn't it? You will be the first one to say sorry. It wasn't my fault. Never my fault, but I'm the first one to say sorry. I can't claim, I can't claim either of those, but <laughs> it's generally my fault. I'm pretty good at saying sorry, though. Uh, thankfully, the Lord does work on me. <laughs> and he said, I set no worthless thing before our eyes. Remember, you see, all our, all our profession doesn't mean a thing if our kids are seeing, oh, look at him, Dad's watching that. Dad's listening to that. Dad's reading that. See, they're watching, aren't they? Uh, and uh, our family are watching. Our family are wanting to see what Jesus is doing in us. Our workmates, our neighbours are just looking. What are they, where are they going on Sunday? What are they doing? And they might say, well, they know we're going to church. And then they're, now they're watching, aren't they? They want to see what we, uh, what we are in these difficult times. Because the Bible says they will come. And they want to see, is this faith real? Or is it just a social club? Is it something that they come and go? Or is it, it holds them fast, even in those difficult times? Oh, I, oh, I want a bit of that. Where's the, look at the hope within them. Look at the hope within them. The joy and, and all the things that come from the Lord. This is our last verse, which again, it just shows the promises of God, which we can hold on to. Uh, Hebrews 6, 13 to 20. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. Men swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the ears of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hope offered to us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where Jesus, who went before us, has ended on our behalf. He has become a high priest 
forever in the order of Melchizedek. See, God promised Abraham, and that would have been enough. But he wanted, uh, because we are fickle, uh, man is fickle, he wanted to just double promise it, and he said, here's my promise, and I'll, I'll, prom- I'll, I'll oath it. I'll put a vow on it. No, he didn't have to do that, but he wanted us to be doubly sure that we will not be deceived or not be disappointed that he's not just the promiser uh, that gives, gives his word, but he's the guarantor that confirms the oath. And he can't lie. That's why he said, you take great confidence. You're greatly encouraged. Bless the Lord. Now, where's our anchor? That anchor of hope. It's a symbol of hope, of course, anchor. The anchor is only as good as that which is, it is attached, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's only going to be as good as what it's attached to. That's why he said, no, this anchor has gone into, the, into eternity, into the Holy of Holies. Jesus made it possible. He, the, the curtain was torn in two. And he's not just that, he's gone ahead of us. He's the forerunner. Hallelujah, he's the way, but he's made the way and he's already ahead of us. So there's our faith, there's our hope, our anchor in him. We have a hope that is steadfast and sure, cannot be broken. That's why Joseph said, look, look, when I die, you make sure you take my bones with you. Why? Because I believe the promises of God. And uh, we, uh, as uh, believers, have a great hope. We have the promises of God that are faithful. He cannot lie. Um, and uh, he doesn't just promise it. He says, look, I'm the promiser and the guarantor. Hallelujah. Uh, what a great God we have. And uh, what a great hope we have. Um, and of course, the, the more mature we become, the more we begin to see. We want to be sure. We want to know for certain, don't we? Bless the Lord. God's word is our certainty. He's our anchor, our hope. And that also, for us who maybe not think so much about that, is our, is our burning passion to tell others to get right with the Lord because eternity is absolutely certain, certain. And of course we know, we trust in him, heaven is our destination. Just said, if we don't trust in him, he's not our destination. So oh, stir our hearts, Lord, a great hope, faith, faith's victory, hallelujah, faith's victory. Oh, bless the Lord, amen. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. To find out more about our church, including our service times, visit www.oakdalechristiancentre.org.